So welcome to the Wrist Strong Dojo podcast where we bring you reviews of Wrestle Strong Dojo on Fight TV. Today I'm talking to a wrestler. If you've been keeping up to date with Wrestle Strong Dojo on Fight TV, you'd have seen just recently uh, that this particular person added to, uh, I guess, his CV when it comes to first off because he, along with Banjo Powers, became the first ever Wrestle Strong Dojo Tag Team Champions. Uh, the person I'm talking to today is Jake Gibson. Yes. Yes, yes, you could say that again. That's uh, the second time first ever Russell Strong Dojo champion. Your first was you were the first ever uh, Russell Strong Dojo Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, you know, those are two titles that uh, for any wrestler is, um, you know, it's got to be good to know that you've got that. Absolutely. And it's nice to know that um, you're kicking off these title belts with uh, some prestige, having my name associated with it. So um, it's it's quite you know what, I I believe Russell Strong Dojo management not might not be too pleased with the fact that they have to say that I'm their first ever champion, but they're gonna have to just get used to it, and quite frankly, um, I'm the one, and Banjo as well actually, we are the ones that are establishing the brand of Russell Strong Dojo by having ourselves be the first time champions. Okay, that's an interesting statement that you've just made. Um, How did it feel? Um, Let's talk about the first occasion where you became a first time, um, the Junior Heavyweight Championship. You know, some people would say controversial circumstances, the way that you're able to obtain the belt. Um, You know, how was that becoming the first ever Russell Strong Dojo Junior Heavyweight Champion? It was only a matter of time. I mean, with... Only a few threats in that junior heavyweight gauntlet being out of my way. I only had to contend with three out of those six people. So not having to face Banjo made it easier for me to uh, become the champion. And people might say the way that I won was controversial, but in all honesty, it is a method of success that I have been sticking to for most of my career. And it has done nothing but pay off for me which I don't understand the ridicule I get from the likes of you and Sean and management themselves constantly questioning me on why I do these things. Well, if it's not quite so clear, it gets results and it always has. Yeah, it's not so much ridicule. It's just, I'm just speaking as someone who watches and I don't want to watch somebody gain success through cheating. It's not cheating. It's just taking advantage of the situation. There is a difference. Alex Irvine has done it to me. Hold on. What? Alex, Alex Irvine has done it to you? When? When he kicked me in the nuts. He didn't kick you in the nuts. That Straight was, up he did. That was, if you were to ask him, hey, did you deliberately... And I guarantee you that he would say no. Okay, if you asked him where he was whenever we wrestled, he wouldn't even know where he was at the time, okay? He doesn't know, he doesn't know much of anything. I don't know how he functions in that brain of his, okay? So the fact that he tries to get away by telling everyone that it was an accident, of course you're going to believe him. Of course, he's lovable Alex Irvine. He's innocent. He wouldn't hurt a fly. Oh, but he's happy to kick me square in the nuts and get away with it. Well, 
you know, he obviously knew what he was doing when he was able to actually defeat you for the um, championship. He got lucky. I got too overconfident and I relied on something when I shouldn't have relied on it. And he took advantage of that and I commend him for it. In that one occasion, he got the better of me. I have been wrestling Irvine for years and we have traded victories. And that was the one time he got, he got the better of me because he saw it coming. And that was because I screwed up, but I have not let that same mistake happen again. Okay, so since then, um, you've tried getting back into the Junior Heavyweight uh, Championship title race. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, that three-way match that we were sort of talking about before where, um, you know, there was an opportunity for, a, for you to win the title, but um, unfortunately you were not able to. And just recently you had another three-way um, match to determine who would be the number one contender, which you lost as well. Um, how does that feel knowing that you know, it seems as though the title is getting further away from your um, grasp? Honestly, it does sting. But knowing that that championship is currently in good hands, I am more than happy to take a back seat in that division and let my friend Banjo take the reins and become a credible long-time reigning champion. Because I know he has the ability, he has the drive, he has the passion, and he has the intelligence. And also, of course, because he hangs around with me, you know, we're like two peas in a pod. We, we know how we each other work. So it's, you know, uh, inevitable that I think he will beat Irvine's reign and become the longest reigning champion. Yep, and we can only uh, watch and see what happens. Um, talking about your mate, Banjo Powers, uh, we saw him wrestle Strong Dojo on Fight TV. The moment that you guys became um, a tag team, it seemed as though you were at what looked like your lowest point. Um, you're on the side of the road, um, you know, drinking. You come across Ban- Look, tell me what's going on at that point. Is that one of the lowest points um, in your career so far? Honestly, yes. It was a very low point. Quite frankly, the lowest point. I had never suffered such humiliation at that moment, having Alex Irvine do what he did to me and have no one else in that entire locker room take my side on things, knowing well and true that he did deliberately screw me over. Management taking a blind eye like, and, and, and taking sides with him because they, they like to play their favorites. I'm not management's favorite wrestler, and that's okay. But in that moment, it was, it was, it was just heartbreaking to me that I got screwed over. No one wanted to do anything about it, even though I rightfully had a rematch clause and I had to have that rematch clause in a triple threat match for some weird reason. Ryan Miller had nothing to do with my rematch. So they not only did they just make the odds even tougher, the fact that I got screwed over and I was ignored for it, how would you feel about that? If that was you? 
you know, um, I'm hearing you talk right now. And although it may seem as though I can give you a bit of a tough time on the podcast talking, it does actually sound, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how I would deal with it. Um, it does sound uh, like it is a little bit tough for you. Having this opportunity to hear your side of it sort of makes me understand how you're feeling. Uh, and um, yeah, I've got to say you've done well to get yourself back up from that point. Thank you. Now, I might not have the method for success that everyone's going to agree with besides maybe Banjo and maybe a few others, but that isn't a reason to play favorites. There is something going on with Russell Strong Dojo management. Now I'm not taking a winch. I'm not chainsaw. Okay. I'm not here to piss and moan about management. I understand that not everyone's going to like you, but that shouldn't be is that shouldn't be what stops you from getting successful in this business. Okay. That's why there are obstacles to overcome. And having Banjo by my side is what makes us an unstoppable duo. So that fateful night where I drunkenly stumbled across him after he was screwed over out of that junior heavyweight gauntlet, that was the pinnacle of our lowest points in our career. And that is the key to our success. The fact that we've both experienced our lowest points together is what's going to make us an unstoppable duo throughout 2021, 2022, whatever. It is going to make us two of the greatest wrestlers in Russell Strong Dojo history. Do you think it was um, maybe fate that you guys were to uh, come across each other at that particular point in time? I'd say it would have to be. I honestly didn't think I would have a friend in all of Russell Strong, but coming across him at the point in time that I did, it just, it was, it was perfect. I couldn't have asked for a better friendship. So you guys formed the tag team um, and ultimately call yourselves the headliners. Hey, you know, I, I didn't mind that one. Um, that was a very, that could have been a very Aussie tag team, but um, yeah. So uh, you guys uh, dub yourselves the headliners um, and then it's on to the tag tournament where your first opponents are two wrestlers that, you know, you've had the uh, privilege to wrestle, Shaz Namaste and Mystic Jess from the Mystic Nation. Um, tell me about that match. Um, what did you think of it? Was it tough for you? Or, you know, give me a, your take. As arrogant as we came across leading up to that match, we were very prepared, knowing how skillful both of them are. Both Mystic Jesse and Shaz Namaste are the two most promising uh, rookies, if you'd like to call them that, coming out of the dojo. And you think of all the potential that both of them have, combining their efforts together in this tag team was a very difficult task for us to actually beat. However, they didn't realize how, how much of a challenge we were going to be. When you're looking at the most gifted talent to come out of Russell Strong Dojo, Banjo Powers, and you're looking at me, a six-year wrestler, uh, well, I wouldn't call myself a veteran yet, but I'm heading that way. With all the experience that I have, with all the belts that I've collected over the years, and you combine our two efforts, 
you are not going to want to, um, you know, uh, take for granted our chemistry, our experience, like they did. They, uh, they were, you know, they're very talented. I'll give them that, but they're just not good enough. Yeah, one that thing was, oh. that was, yeah, no, no, it was like what? There's 16 to 18 minute match. Yeah, very hard fought. Shaz Namaste put up one hell of a fight. He took a beating. Drop kick to the jaw, chops, suplexes, body slams, and he kicked out of almost everything. I'll give him credit for that, but they just weren't as good as the headliners. Yeah, um, and he ultimately fell victim to the Eater Richard. Um, mm-hmm. Can you just give me a bit of a, um insight into why you called the move the Eater Richard? Well, um put it this way uh we benjo benjo and i both have a specific idea on how we think of our opponents only that uh we aren't allowed to say a specific word um so we happen to well i mean if you if you think about it what is that word short for riches right so in 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 a in a in a way that allows us to get to express ourselves without getting in trouble with all the parents out there that might be concerned that their precious little kids ears will get tainted that gives us a form to express how we truly feel about our opponents that's why we named our finisher eat a richard one thing i could give you guys credit for as i mentioned on the podcast with Sean um your both of your ability uh, just to gel, work as a team. Um, people can say whatever they want about you guys. Um, and not all of us have to agree with the way that you guys present yourselves and go about doing your business. But your ability to work as a team is would have to be the best that I've seen in a very long time. Well, you can put that down to having similar goals, uh, having uh, similar personalities, having a lot of things in common, things that make us gel during training. Um, if you want, it just it's just organic. Uh, we first bonded over uh, our love for The Simpsons, for example. One of our tag team moves is called Sizzlack Attack. That came from Mo Sizzlack. And it just basically sprouted from that point. The fact that we can gel so well in the ring just is a testament to not only our ability, but the fact that we want to accomplish and achieve the same goals. And you can't be a tag team if you can't be, meet at the same place at the end. If you guys you know, don't get along backstage, you aren't going to have good matches in the ring and you won't be successful. It's as simple as that. And then you go from defeating the Mystic Nation to the what would seem like an impossible task of taking on uh, the veteran, Dean Draven, uh, 25-year veteran, 25 years this year, um, and Ryan Miller, someone that you're very familiar with. Before the match, was there nerves or were you confident in yourselves and getting the result in that match? There were butterflies because I was concerned uh, that... At that point in time, I was confident one-on-one, me and Ryan Miller, we'd tear the house down, but I would always get the win up at that point. Because that that was just history repeating itself over and over again. Dean Draven, on the other hand, of the amount of times that I've wrestled him, I think I've beaten him one time. And that was just out of sheer luck. 
every I think we've only met a handful of times and he's made me tap out to the cross face more than I can remember. And I wanted to avoid that. The fact that we were able to take advantage of a wounded Ryan Miller. Now you may have noticed that he hurt his knee in that match. Mm. And Banjo and I just acted on that like two hyenas attacking a piece of meat. That was our opening point. We had to keep Ryan in the ring. We had to stop Dean from getting any momentum. Okay. And one slight advantage that we even had was the fact that if you look at it chronologically, they wrestled in this tag team tournament right before you know, we had a 10 minute break, a 15 minute break tops. They had to come back out. So we were slightly more fresh than they were. We had a chance to rest our wounds, to get focused again as, as tough as they are. And the fact that they are what a father and son tag team, I, I don't get the relation, but fair enough. Um, and the fact that Dean Draven is an experienced killer, a 25 year veteran has held many championships. Ryan Miller is one of the biggest underdogs in this industry. They just couldn't gel well enough. The fact that we survived that tower of doom is enough testament to the fact that we could actually get the match finished. I thought, Honestly, thought I, I couldn't even pick myself up. Once that Tower of Doom happened and we all came crashing down onto the canvas, I was surprised that we were all able to get back up by the count of like eight. I thought that was it. I thought that would have been a draw. I thought that would have been the end of it. But you know what? I'll give testament to Dean and Ryan because they do deserve that. But they just, like I said with Mystic Nation, they just weren't good enough to be in the same level as the headliners. Yes. And then um, you were able to hit the Eater Richard on uh, Ryan Miller. Um, look, I, it's a bit uncomfortable. I feel as though I'm praising you guys too much when I feel as though you don't deserve it at times, but your um, the way that you guys approached that particular match where you were able to do a very good job of uh, working on Ryan Miller and sort of keeping him away from making a tag to Dean Draven. I think that's a true testament to you guys as to why you probably did deserve to win the championships the way that you did. I'll take that. And I say, thank you. I think if that was a compliment, it was a compliment. It was a compliment. Okay. Okay. It was like a backhanded compliment, but I still, I'll take it. You know what? Like I said, you might not agree with how we do things, but at the end of the day, we get results. You cannot deny that. You're right. I can't deny it for all that I talk about. Um, yeah, you've got the, uh, no one's going to, you know, in the record books, it will say you guys won um, and nothing else will be written about how I think or how you won. It will just say that you guys won. So, yeah, I guess all I can do is say, once again, congratulations. And Thank um, you. yeah, and so what is next on the horizon for the headliners and what's next on the horizon for the problem child? Well, I don't know if I want to divulge in any of our plans, uh, but let's just say we are just getting started. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's a big statement. And you know what? 
come by the end of 2021, we are going to make 2020 seem like nothing. We are going to leave our mark on this business. We are going to make not just a name for ourselves, but we are going to etch our name into the history books yet again as the two single greatest wrestlers to come out of the dojo. As good as the rest of our competition is, Adam Fakara, heavyweight champion, as much as I do not like the guy, he is a credible fighter. He is worthy to hold our heavyweight championship, yet I feel like there are better applicants. Okay. Okay. That's it. And uh, what about yourself um, in the singles? Are you still going to strive for the uh, um, junior heavyweight title? I mean, at this stage, it's um, it's going to be uh, the vanilla killer, Ryan Miller, taking on your friend, Banjo Powers. I mean, are you just going to sit back and just see where this uh, where this goes or what? I haven't decided just yet on how I'm going to take action here. But let's just say... When Banjo did win, he did, he did exactly what I would have done and take advantage of a weak, wounded Ryan Miller. He did the right thing in that regard. As, as bad as that may come off, you know, to you people on how things should, should not be done, now he's got to deal with a healed Ryan Miller, a pissed-off Ryan Miller. The fact that he took away something that Ryan Miller had spent years trying to achieve and Ryan Miller cannot get over the fact that without me, that moment never would have happened. So let's see. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to see what I'm going to do about it. Whether I take action, whether I sit back and let Banjo handle this himself, because I know he's fully capable. He has the talent. He has the ability. He doesn't need me. Okay? If I was coming, you know, with him down the ringside, that would merely just be for support. Because who knows what Ryan Miller has in store? Who knows? Okay. Seeing how that we stole those tag team championships from him and Dean Draven. Dean Draven might have beat with us. I don't know. I'm going to be there to watch his back. I'm not going to want to interfere in any regard. But if Ryan Miller does step out of line, then who knows what I'm, what I'm going to be capable of. I don't know. I just don't know. Okay, this will be a very interesting um, space that I'll be keen to watch, see where it goes. Um, what I'll do is, before I let you go, um, I've got a few questions here uh, mm -hmm. from people. Um, do you mind answering them? Uh, sure, sure. Let's see what my fans have to say. Okay, um, so first question comes from Alex Irvine. Um, Please be sure to ask him how it felt to lose the title fair and square. I'm not sure how that feels. Would very much like to know. Ooh. You just had to rub some salt in the wounds, didn't you? Now, fair and square. I think this was the start of his cheating ways. I don't agree that this was fair and square. I honestly don't. He saw what I was going to do. Matter of fact, no, you know what? No, no, I won't even say that. I will say this. My feet were caught on those ropes. Okay. 
I didn't try. Like, they want to give me the moniker Jake Foot on the Ropes Gibson. Well, you know what? I was simply giving him a schoolboy. My feet got caught on those ropes. Matter of fact, referee saw that. I was trying to get my feet off. And Alex Irvine took advantage of me while I wasn't ready. If he was a fair fighting champion, he would have given me the time to be ready. But he did not. Simple as that. Okay. Um, Alex, hopefully that answered your uh, question. Uh, I've got one here from a Laurel Franklin asking, how does it feel to be the nickelback of wrestling? Asking for a friend. Not a nickelback fan. I just, I'm not. So I don't know how people get confused with that. But I will say this. How many millions of records have Nickelback sold? Quite a few. And they're trying to say that that's a bad thing. Uh, in and out of the dojo, in my six years, I've won six championships. Three of which I'm the first ever title holder. Now you tell me if I'm the Nickelback of wrestling or I am the Kurt Cobain of wrestling. Mm. Mm. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, but you've actually got a very good point there. So um, hopefully that answered your question, Laurel. Uh, look, yeah. I've got a question too. Um, I asked it of Banjo. I had him on the podcast recently. We reviewed an episode. What would uh, this week on Wrestle Strong Dojo on Fight TV is the Rumble in the Rig? Where mm -hmm. the winner will get the coin of chance, which gives them the opportunity to challenge for any title that he or she may uh, choose to go for. Yep. Uh, Jake Gibson wins the Rumble in the Rig. What's uh, Jake Gibson doing? Nice little forecast there, because I indeed plan on winning that Rumble, that beautiful Rumble and that beautiful coin of chance. I am going straight for the heavyweight title. I am not done with Adam Fakar. I don't care about Adam Fakar, all, all his stupid kids, all his stupid kids of the Fakar that he keeps talking about. I don't care about them. I care about that gold that he carries around his waist and it belongs to me. Because don't you forget, I am 94 kilograms. I am on the borderline between junior heavyweight and heavyweight. Therefore, I can classify for both divisions. And I plan on coming for that championship once I get that coin of chance. Wow. Um, very, um, very harsh comments from you towards um, Adam Fakar. Um, so you'd be going, okay, no, okay, I, I understand. All I can do is just wait and see what happens at the rumble at the rig. On can you imagine that though? The headliners, the first ever tag team champions of Russell Strong. Then you have the current junior heavyweight champion in Benja Powers. And then you will have the new first ever heavyweight champion. That would be me, obviously. But the first ever person to hold the junior heavyweight and the heavyweight championships. And that would be me. All gold on the both of us. We are going to make history. That would make you like the Russell Strong Dojo, like first ever, uh, what grand champion would it not be? Damn right. Wow. 
some uh, definitely something to look forward to. And look, one last question from um, from someone who we regularly see you on um, Bristol Strong Dojo on Fight TV with, uh, Amy Action. Oh, here we go. Um, yeah. Uh, Jake, how does it feel to know that Alex Irvine is the longest reigning junior heavyweight champion? <sighs> Amy, Amy, Amy. She's had it in for me ever since I defeated her favorite Russell Strong Dojo wrestler, Mystic Jesse. Now, I, I, uh, that's twice now, right? Uh, the singles and the yep. tag. So, so this, 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 this snarky comment, I can understand where she's coming from because... I'm not her favorite guy at the moment. I keep beating all of her favorite wrestlers. Okay. And, but let's ask her a question. How does it feel knowing that I'm always going to be the first junior heavyweight champion? You can never take that away from me. That's, um, that's a very good point you have. And so Amy, there you go. I hope that answers your question. Um, now, look, just in finishing up, um, I just want to do a quick little game of word association. Uh, mention some names. I just want to get the first word that comes to your mind. Sure. Okay. So, yep. Alex Irvine. Gina. Ryan Miller. Wuss. Mystic Jess. Overrated. Shaz Namaste. Con artist. Dean Draven. Legend. Adam Fakar. Oh, overrated. Wrestle Strong Dojo fans. Total utter losers. And the last one, Banjo Powers. Future greatness. Jake Gibson, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I appreciate you taking your time and I look forward to seeing how 2021 pans out for you and uh, your partner, Banjo Powers. Mate, the pleasure has been all yours.